WBNE. Howdy, Yokes. Before we get started today, we just want to let you know that this episode of Bacon and Eggs is brought to you by our patrons. We want to build this thing to be as big as it can be, and we want to make more podcasts for you. See, Bacon and Eggs is the flagship show of the WBNE Network, which is the network that hosts this show, Bacon and Eggs, a movie lover's podcast. That's how a flagship works. (laughs) Which is why we want to grow things. We use a lot of our own personal dollars to grow things, and like we don't make a lot of personal dollars, and it would really be like helpful and supportive if you could help us out anyway we have like a lot of really cool reward tiers over on our patreon you should head over to patreon.com slash bacon and eggs check out all the cool tiers like there have been a lot of goofs in this episode already and we haven't even started check out the ten dollar tier it gets you unedited episodes of bacon and eggs and you can hear all the behind the scenes moments that go into making an episode and you get all the weird pauses that like i can't even pretend to give you because ethan will not leave silence in if i leave silence right here but just imagine that between right and here there was like four seconds of silence even though there really wasn't that's for you tennies anyway we could really use your help to make this podcast the best it can possibly be and the network the best it can possibly be and make you the best you can possibly be because i don't know i think you'll feel good donating to a cause you believe in yeah anyway thank you for donating and thank you even more for listening and welcome back to Bacon and Eggs. I'm Tyler Carlin. And I'm Ethan Edgehill. And today we're ending a war. Or maybe we're just crawling through the sewers. So assassinate the president twice. Because today we're bringing you The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2. No, it's not fancy. Don't, don't, don't give me that. Uh, don't, don't feed my ego. Uh, I forgot you're a narcissist. But it's so hungry. No. <laughs> what was the thing you said earlier? It, I'm not a narcissist. I'm clinically depressed. That's it. Yeah, that was the one. It like almost rhymes too. Like it, it's very Shakespearean. Um, here's the thing. I know last week we had said we were going to cover part two in like a few weeks but i like i let me tell you i watched part one and i was like man i freaking love this series i cannot wait and then as luck would have it our guests this week were like can we do part two and i was like yes so if you were expecting to hear jess on this episode i'm super super sorry but she will be back for future hunger games content i promise but we really wanted to knock this out and this is an important film to our guests this week and our guests this week are the hosts of uh sounds fake but okay uh and they it which is a podcast where an aromantic asexual girl and a demisexual straight girl talk about all things to do with love relationships sexuality and pretty much anything else they just don't understand which was like the perfect guest for our pride month because i understood like i would say i understood 85 percent of those words one in six was new to me so i'm excited to learn 100 percent of those words today anyway i've been talking a lot our guests this week are named kayla and sarah and they are super cool we've been hanging out with them on the skype call for like 20 minutes and I'm super excited that they're here. I'm just gonna let Kayla and Sarah say hello even before Ethan gets to say more words. Yes, we're first. Hello. Sorry that I'm not <laughs> Jess, but you know, we do what we can. We're here. Hello. <laughs> we're super happy that you're here. We're very Thank excited. Thank you for joining us. Yes, make no mistake. <laughs> yeah, Ethan, Ethan, do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, everybody. I'm Ethan Edgehill. I'm the host of the Bacon and Eggs, a movie lovers podcast. New episodes every Thursday. We get your podcast now on Spotify and also late to the party podcast and actual play D&D 5E podcast. And See, I am always here. 
I don't know why I'm introducing myself. Everybody knows me. We See, should probably we're clarify. The same. Oh, I was. We should oh, probably oh. clarify. I'm Sarah. Oh yes, that's true. <laughs> You're Kayla. That's Sarah. I'm Kayla, and I also have a second podcast. That's a D and D podcast. And as we've been learning, <sighs> I think like the pair of us two are just like the same people. We yeah, had we, similar we really majors. Are. We're all the yeah. same. We all went to the University of Michigan. College roommates. <laughs> we were all college roommates. <laughs> All four of us. We did not, we did not really go packed. to the University of Michigan. I just want to make it very clear. I have <laughs> we never even seen the, the Big Chill. I have never been to the University of Michigan. <laughs> we were all in the same fraternity. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we were not all, true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely not I've true. never even yes. been to Michigan. You should. It's very either. nice. I mean, probably not it, now it for traveling. Cold. But Actually, if you're going to travel right anywhere now. now, Michigan is a pretty decent place to travel right now. I'm currently in the epicenter of coronavirus, so, you know. That's fun. Yeah. Big grudges keeping our caseloads real low over here, so. One time I watched, uh, like, seven minutes of a 21 Pilots documentary where Tyler Joseph spent, like, seven minutes talking about the beaches in Michigan, and Josh Dunn goes, I don't know what you're talking about. The beaches suck. No. It's because it's they're from Ohio. And Ohio, dude. I'm sorry if any of your <laughs> listeners are from Ohio, but f*** them. <laughs> No, I think like hating Ohio is, I would say, I would say like hating Ohio is as popular as like being a Hufflepuff. Yeah, hating Ohio is a personality that's... trait of living in Ohio, right? Like nobody likes Ohio, even people from Ohio. No, it's yeah. the armpit of America. It's bad. Okay, Michigan. Let's. Here's, here's my thing. And, and we are way <laughs> off topic of both like, like pride and sexuality and the Hunger Games. But like, here's the problem with Ohio is Ohio has too many cities. Like everywhere in Ohio is like, I'm going to be a city. And so you, you go to places and you're like, this is Mounds. The 25th biggest city in Ohio. And I'm like, stop counting. <laughs> <laughs> it's a small state. That's like, fair. Welcome to Wapakoneta, the 100th smallest city in Ohio. <laughs> the problem is Ohio and Virginia, where we are, are both District 12. Boom. There you go. Stop it. Up. Get them. I just brought it back. I, hold on. I, I don't think that Ohio is part of District 12. Eastern Ohio probably could be. No. Okay. So this map I'm looking at, which looks to be a little bit more accurate, accurate where a Texas little bit more is no, no more. Ohio is almost entirely District 9. And I don't remember what District 9 does. So is me either. Lumber? No, that's 10. Hey, Siri, no what is District 9 known for in the Hunger Games? Oh, God, they both activated on the iPad and the phone. Here's what I found. Uh, District 9, District 9, hungergames.fandom.com. District 9, mm, grain. That Ooh. makes sense. That sucks. <laughs> okay, but this different map has District 6 right there. Yeah, that's I the spent, one I'm seeing. I've spent a lot of time looking at Hunger Games maps because I've, I've wanted to know my entire life, at least since Hunger Games has existed, where Michigan is. And it's unclear, hey. according to like, there's, depending on what map you look at, there's like three different options. So nothing makes sense. The Midwest is an enigma. Has, has Michigan not been sure. eaten by the Great Lakes in this map? Because like, there's no Florida or Alabama or most of Texas in any of these maps. Some of Michigan g gets eaten by the Great Lakes in this hmm. hypothetical future, I believe, but I'm, I'm not. I'm sure the UP is all the way gone. So, yeah, here's the problem with um virginia vis-a-vis -vis the hunger games is like it takes place in our backyard right like this is district 12 <laughs> like we live 45 minutes from a coal mine like yeah. it is we we're sitting in it right now so nobody's ever like oh man what are you and 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 and, and you know we have not get to have a nice debate it's like we're we're 12 well <laughs> what, thing, no matter we what know, the map says we are 12 <laughs> we also know that los angeles is underwater yes i am underwater so, bye currently. sarah 
So bye, Sarah. It's been the nice capital is you. Denver, right? Like that's the thing. Yeah. Denver or Salt Lake City or one it's of like them in the Rockies. Yeah, it's e- uh, west, west, west of the Rockies. But like, yeah. Okay, why did you guys pick this movie <laughs> to be our Pride Month fourth film? All right, third film. So here's here's the tea. Okay. <laughs> When, spill it, spill it, sis. When uh, we were first thinking about it, we were like, we want to do Little Women, but you've already done Little Women. Um, sure have, yeah. And to be honest, we've done an entire episode of our own podcast about Little Women and asexuality, so just putting that little plug in there. Um, okay, yeah, go listen to that. <laughs> fair, listen fair to rebuttal. anybody talk about Little Women and then go watch Little Women <clears throat> over and over again. Yes. Fair rebuttal, you've, you wanted to cover one of six versions of Little Women. That's true. We wanted to That's cover true. 2019 Little uh, Women. Specifically. We wanted to cover right. the good one that doesn't right. have Kirsten Dunst in it. <laughs> We're just very picky. One thing to know is me and Sarah are very picky. <laughs> I, I hate Kirsten Dunst, so... <laughs> Well, you also hate Josh Hutcherson, from what I've heard, so... I do! Yes, yes that is absolutely true! <laughs> Me and him share a birthday, I did my and that's all I'll say on the topic. <laughs> anyway. So you're a Virgo. I'm Libra. Kidding, I, I liked Jay Hutch better in this movie than any of the rest of them, honestly. Okay, anyway, the reason we chose this movie... <laughs> um, you you guys tweeted about, like, you know, queer people want, want to talk about your favorite movies. So me and Kayla were like, let's pick a movie that makes us angry. Because <laughs> that obviously yes. answers the prompt. Um, so we decided to do, uh, Hunger Games, specifically the last one, because the last one is where it gets insane. Um, also, you've done all the other Hunger Games movies. That is a really loud plane. I'm sorry. <laughs> do you live in an airport? Is that what LA is? It's just I, an airport? It's one big airport. No, I live by one the Burbank one. airport. So there's some planes, but not as many as like LAX. Anyway. Yo, what's up, Chuck? Um, here's, here's the tea. Katniss Everdeen is obviously an aromantic asexual person. We will explain what that means, but I'm just going to put that on the ground level. That's just going to place it there. Of okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm following. Uh, Kayla, do you want to g- give a little rundown of what these words mean? Yes. So, uh, I yes, fill in the one the you know fifteen percent of the words you might not have known from our description. You think those are the words podcast. I don't know? Yes. Wow. I, okay. I teach them. Assumptions made. I'm, I'm sorry. Tyler doesn't wow. know what straight means. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> he's so we, woke. We, he doesn't. He's know actually what an experiment. He, it was wild. In 1992, he was born in a bubble like the Truman Show that didn't include straight people. So what he's a dream. Doesn't, we haven't told him yet. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, what a fucking dream that is. <laughs> As a straight person, what a dream. Uh, uh, I also don't know what love is. Uh, it's not Oof. something my parents ever gave me. That was oh, a different no. experiment. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. My parents are awesome. I love you, mom and dad. Um, anyway, go on. Oh, yes. So uh, You were right. Quick, Those are the words I don't know. <laughs> yeah, a quick uh, a TED talk that we give to explain uh, asexuality and aromanticism. They're nuanced, so I would definitely recommend people kind of do their own research. There's a lot of great resources online. Also, um, our podcast. Also, our podcast. <laughs> Um, that is that counts as a great resource online. You can just say that. Like that's true. We're part of that. We're the main one. No, but sure. Uh, <laughs> so asexuality is uh, the lack of sexual attraction to anyone of any gender. So if you think about if you're straight, you're sexually attracted to someone of the opposite gender. If you're bisexual, you're sexually attracted to two genders. If you're asexual, there's just no sexual attraction there. That's not to say you can't have sex or want to have sex, but that inherent like attraction of like that person right there, I want to have sex with them right now, isn't 
like there. So that's asexuality. Aromanticism is kind of the same thing with romantic attraction. So that's when you aren't romantically attracted to anyone of any gender. Uh, so like I said, kind of very nuanced. It requires people to kind of think in what we call the split model of attraction, where you realize that your attraction is split in to sexual and romantic, and those can be separate. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's a fun thing to explain to, like, your 75-year-old grandmother. But um, <laughs> it's... Uh, luckily for us, though, for the purpose of this topic, we're talking about someone who is both aromantic and asexual, so we can kind of talk about them together. So, for example, I myself identify as aromantic asexual, which means I have never looked at a person and been like... I want to go on a date with them. And I've also never looked at a person and been like, I want to bone them. My brain just doesn't do that. <laughs> um, she don't want it. I just don't want it. <laughs> um, so that's the basic terminology. Do we have any questions? <laughs> nope. That no, was I'm, cool. I'm, I'm on board. Ex extremely straightforward. Good. No, they, that was, I'm glad been you doing think this for a while. A forward. Okay. Um... <laughs> <laughs> it might it might be it might be trying a little hard there. <laughs> I'm I'm hip, Ethan. I'm in. Okay, I'm part of the club. Gets oh, okay, it. understands. Um, so let's rewind. We're gonna rewind a little bit before we go too deep into the movie. We're gonna rewind to me being in eighth grade. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Okay. Yes, here that's exactly I, where I wanted to start. Here I am, thirteen years old. I'm reading the Hunger Games books for the first time, and I'm sitting there, and everyone's like, "Ooh, like Team Gale, Team Peta," and I'm like, "Okay," and I'm just like reading. And then I was thinking, and little thirteen-year-old me, who had no idea that she was aromantic, asexual, or aroace, um, had no idea what any of those words meant, uh, had no language for it. Looked at Katniss Everdeen, and I was like, I don't think she's in love with Peta or she's in love with Gail. Like, I don't think she's capable of that kind of relationship. That's not to say that she can't love people. She does love both of them very much. But even 13-year-old little brain of me, good, good, good English, uh, said, <laughs> was like, I just don't think that that's a possibility for her. They, they may both very well be in love with her, but she's not... She doesn't have the capability of being in love with them, which is basically textbook airways. I just didn't have the words for it yet. We're fast forwarding. Is there a textbook? I I wish. <laughs> Not yet. Yeah, it's our podcast. The we Hunger just Games said that. By Suzanne Collins. <laughs> <laughs> no, because that's the problem with the Hunger Games, though. Is the Hunger Games is a fiction novel, right? And so Suzanne Collins eventually was just like, okay, well, I know my character's been resisting this all along, but writing words down. God, so yeah. bad. The ending is gar. Katniss's ending is hot, hot garbage. Even in this movie, it's tough to watch. There's that whole, yeah, the, the whole scene where she just talks too much. She keeps going on and on about. She could have just been like, you know, one day, kid, I'm gonna tell you why you get nightmares. And she she goes on for five minutes, just like it's so sometimes bad. Sometimes things are bad, and sometimes they're good, and sometimes sometimes your sister gets blown up by the person that you <laughs> thought was your president, and which like. <laughs> Wowzers. Again, this one hits a little too close to home right now. Yeah, it's I recently reread um Catching Fire just because I was like, it seems relevant right now. <laughs> I'm Why just gonna do read that? It. Holy crap. 
Yes. Um, no, but literally when I was in theaters watching this movie for the first time, when it got to that final scene, like the epilogue scene where she's like wearing that like yellow dress and like holding a child. A child the- that is not the same ethnicity as her, I do want to point out. It's so it's like her niece, I think, like. It's like Jennifer Lawrence's niece. Huh. Like in real life. Was the thing. Yeah, like in well, real life. It looks life, nothing they, like her. They just were like, we need a baby, I guess. <laughs> this one already likes J-Law. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I can't think of was... a baby that doesn't like Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> they could have gotten a baby off the street. It would have been fine. <laughs> I would have been like, baby. oh my God, Jennifer Lawrence. Is that Oscar winner uh, Jennifer nephew. Lawrence? Sorry, Jennifer Lawrence's nephew. Oh wow. man, it looked Wild. nothing like her. They are well, both. Uh, they are both Jennifer Lawrence's nephews. Both the kids. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah. Well, when I uh, saw the movie in theaters, the audience laughed at that scene um, because it was so so bad, absurd. All right, so here's the. I don't even know where to start with this. Kayla, say something. <laughs> uh, Kayla, go. I'll just. <laughs> I know we were talking before we started and you both were like, oh yeah, I like this movie. And I was like, oh no. Because the whole time I, don't I was hate watching, this movie. I don't hate it, but I just, there were so many times where it's just so cringy. Like, it just, like the amount of times that Gail spent and the director spent like looking at Gail's face, looking at PETA or looking at Katniss, I was like, I am uncompelled by this boy <laughs> and his eyes. <laughs> I think so. I think what threw me off about the Hunger Games entirely is like I in the team Peter team Gail conversation. I wholeheartedly have agreed with you from the beginning that like I don't think Katniss genuinely feels like sexually romantically about either one of these characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the fun of the like novel series is that these people are fictional and we can just decide things for them. Um, and Suzanne Collins gets to be God. Um, and like inherently that will always be flawed. Um, but like I've always been team Peter because I genuinely don't get why Gail would be a romantic or sexual interest at all. Because okay. like in any regard, <laughs> he is like the platonic best friend. Like I, I don't know. It just doesn't make, I guess cause he's hot. Right. But in a book, like you can't really convey that. Not even oh, he the was, hottest. he was hot in the book. <laughs> the, the the argument I will make for Gail because I was Team Gail before I was like wait no she's Arrowways. <laughs> um, the the argument I will make for Gail though is that he basically kept her family alive for like several years and so she feels like she owes a lot to him and not that that should necessarily translate into like romance or anything. In fact, it that's, probably shouldn't. In fact, it shouldn't. But <laughs> I think that's where a lot of that comes from is like, you know, they've they grew up together in a sense and they've been there for each other. But See, then also she was in the Hunger Games with Peter. So that's a little bit. My argument against right? Gale <laughs> is he's a total creep. Like when Peter's like, yeah, but all, he's hot. There's a line where it's like hot, creepy. That was Finnick. I texted this to Sarah <laughs> yep. yesterday and I was like, yep. if we're going to be yeah. focusing on Finnick any dumb dude. boy from this movie, it's Finnick. Finnick I mean, is he's the hottest also, person total in this series. Yes. Finnick, Finnick's like, whole shtick is being hot. Like that's his thing. <laughs> right. It's like, it's like Finnick, Woody Harrelson, Jennifer Lawrence, Liam Hemsworth. That's fair. <laughs> But, like, like the scene that creeped me out the most, well, there was two, but the one where, like, Peta's still, like, all brainwashed, and Gail and Katniss are on some plane, I don't know, and they were like, uh, K- or 
Katniss is like, oh, did you see PETA? What did you think? And Gail was like, oh, something selfish. And then they, like, kissed. I was like, now is it the time? <laughs> the world's <laughs> most awkward kiss? And then, and then she, when J-Law or Katniss was sleeping but could hear them and PETA and Gail were just talking about her, like, oh, who is she going to choose? Like, this is why she should pick me. And it's like, what if she gets to pick? What if you stop being a creep? Kayla? Well, to be in their defense, they're not trying to sell it to her. They're just, like, discussing it amongst yeah. themselves. Yeah, just hate it. Yeah, locker room talk, right? Kayla just <laughs> right. has Gross. some feelings. No, but that does bring me to what I would say my main thesis here, <laughs> which is this movie is aggressively heteronormative, and it doesn't have to be. And I'm not just saying that because, like, nothing needs to be aggressively heteronormative, even though... I think that's true. But, um, like, from... Okay, full disclosure to our listeners, I have a film degree. I, <laughs> I'm i a writer. I feel like maybe I know something. You can yell at me if I'm wrong. Um, but, like, from a plot and a character and general writing perspective, like, it would be super easy to fix because the problem is that the whole thing is that... Wow, I forgot how to speak for a moment. <laughs> Hi, patrons. <laughs> this is... Uh-huh. Um, is that basically it's these two people not like fighting over Katniss, but like the the implication is that she is going to end up with one of them, that she has to, because that's just like how this works, right? Like she's going to end up marrying one of them and one of them's going to like win her and one of them's not. But her like choosing to be with one of them and like choosing to settle down in that way is so out of character to me. <laughs> That, like, you could yeah. fix the problem. Yeah, I would by agree. Just I think having her not pick one. <laughs> I think what they're going for is a red herring of. I think what they're setting you up for is Gail is going to die. But the then entire he doesn't. Time. <laughs> right. And that's the, like the, the brilliant red herring is that Gail doesn't die and she chooses PETA anyway. Is like, I think that was like. When they sat down in the writer's room, they were like, this is going to be like the excellent thing. I'm not saying it was well executed. Yeah. I just think that's what they were going for. Is that especially like if you've read the books, you know, Prim dies and Gale kills her. Like, But he like doesn't. Here's my thing, though, is like he super doesn't. <laughs> like, why is she so pissed at him? Because he gave, he gave President Coin the idea. Yeah, but, like, I give lots yeah, of people ideas. earlier in the ideas. film, he talks about the... Well, I mean, but it was, like, specifically the, like, let's do two strikes. Well, so not only does he give her the idea... Yeah, it, it, the the whole... The second part to, to bring them in, like, that was her, was his idea specifically. And then he gets promoted for it. Yeah, but he didn't tell them, use it right now. Like, I feel like that gets into a very, like, philosophical argument of, like, is everyone who invents anything... Like, is the inventor of the machine gun morally responsible for everyone that gets shot with a machine gun like i don't know i don't i don't necessarily know that that's the case but i think that if like if you lost family in hiroshima you probably wouldn't be a huge einstein fan i also kind of feel like those are the questions that they're trying to raise a little bit with this like like yes that's true it is aggressively heteronormative for some reason she ends up with one of the boys that suck at the end and i've i i never understood this and i read them in 2010 uh, as just like a straight white dude and I was like what these people both suck don't pick one of them <laughs> and then obviously she picked one of them because that's how books worked back then um, I like how you say back then as if like 2010 was like centuries ago <laughs> it wasn't. you don't know how it, much social <laughs> progress we've made it wasn't but like it is more acceptable for especially because of, of books like this is more acceptable for like YA dystopian fiction to not work like that Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not by any means saying that Suzanne Collins like 
was out there breaking down boundaries with her own hammer, but that like she sort of wrote this this weird blueprint for like a lot of things to be based on that have grown up to be uplifting in in different ways. And yeah. um, does Triss end up with some dude in the end of? I don't know. They Divergent? never made the last movie, and I cannot make myself watch the book. Uh, <laughs> I, read, the book. I book. read the book. Oh, major spoiler! Oh no, I'm fine. You can. Yeah, you that's go fine. Ahead. She dies. Oh, good. Excellent. Oh. Love that. Thank goodness. <laughs> oh, I did know that. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. This would have been so much better if Kenneth died. See, that's the thing, is I feel like it's such like an easy kind of cop-out ending for them to be like, or Suzanne to be like, okay, I need to show that now the world is super happy. What's the easiest way to do that? Oh, this couple that has these happy kids. A straight kids. white couple like, with two kids and wears yellow dresses. That's the easiest yeah, way to show that. Like, there's way yeah. more creative ways to show like the world Hold is better on. now. Let's. Uh, I want to come to because the world is better now. The, okay, true. so one, the world was slightly saved from better. President Coin is killed, and then they elect a black female president, which is good. But like, but Gale still gets his promotion. He still gets to be like in charge of the army because nothing has changed because the system. And they even still hold they, another Hunger Games. Right. Oh, do they? Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I thought. About okay, that so. One. Here was here was my understanding on that is Katniss agrees to the second to the seventy sixth Hunger Games so that she can execute Coin. She no. does, yeah. Well, yes, in the movie, yes. In the book, her executing Coin has nothing to do with that. But it was like either way, she still said yes to it, and they're still going to do it. Yeah, as far as I'm aware, That's I kind, it it's kind of left ambiguous in the book. I think that she was leaving the door open for there to be another series. Isn't there I another there one I like coming these out? Books. It's already it's out. out. Uh, it's the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. It is a like biopic about uh, Coriolanus Snow. Snow. Interesting. As like a, as like a young strapping man who will be played by Timothy Chalamet. I'm sure. <laughs> Isn't everyone? What everyone is. He's the only actor under the age of 25. I swear to God, he might Tom not even be probably. <laughs> Oh, Tom Holland can play. No, Tom, Tom Holland, Holland is too... Tom Holland, is, he's got the mainstream stink on him these days. So does Timothy Chalamet. Ah, uh, no. No, he doesn't. Timothy Chalamet was in, like, Lady Bird and Call Me By Your Name and Little Women, and Tom Holland was in Spider-Man. I mean, maybe... <laughs> okay, maybe in the circles I'm in of, like, people who are really hey, into, like... Look, all I'm saying is if they hire Greta Gerwig to make... The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, then it, it definitely will be Timothy Chalamet, it but I wouldn't be, be opposed Timothy to that. Chalamet. That's fair. What if they hire Greta Gerwig to make Spider-Man? Huh? Mm. huh? What if they hire Greta Gerwig to play Spider-Man? What if they hire Greta Gerwig to play Spider-Man? <laughs> what? That's I just the question. What see, if? But, but then that would be, it would become one of those things where like produced by, directed by, written by, and starring Greta Gerwig. No, that's the thing though, is they would switch places. Timothy oh. would direct and <laughs> so Timothy Chalamet directs Sp- Spider-Man. And Tom Holland Sir Charlton would be like around. Just Sir like Charlton would be a producer. Okay, be a producer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, perfect. I do love Spider-Man. I wish I could pretend that I don't love the Marvel movies as much as I do. I mean, the, the MCU would be them. made better by the presence of Sir Ronan. I think, Sir, yeah. yes. Sir Ronan makes everything better. I would die for Sir Ronan. <laughs> Fair. Facts. I think we all would. Yeah. I think we all agree. Yeah. It's okay to die now. It's okay to die now. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so... So that's the thing is like it, they can't show the world being better. This is where we got to this. They can't show the world being better because the world isn't better. But they right? like, like that's, tried to. The districts still exist. Right. I, I think like they the world isn't better, but I think they were still trying to convey a certain sense of hope with the fact that there are these little children running about. Oh, and definitely. like Katniss is wearing a yellow dress. Nothing in Hollywood has ever said hope like white children. <laughs> 
Why is she wearing a dress, though? Like, Why is she wearing that hideous yellow dress from 1960? Also, the aging makeup was not good. It was Okay, the epilogue bad. was bad. We all agree. <laughs> yeah, but it was the there. Was bad. But it was there. I honestly, I had like a, this was like a repressed memory returning for me because I was watching this movie and she like arrows coin and then I looked at like the time left and I was like, that's a lot of credits. It's just, <laughs> it would have been so much... And then she starts singing in the over the over the credits. The the arrow goes that's, off. You see Julianne Moore laying need. on the pedestal. Movie over. That's Thank you. all you need. You could end it there. Ooh, Julianne Moore plays Spider Man. So I do this. <laughs> Hold on. I do this with very here. few movie series these days, just because I've I've gotten so much more into like sort of respecting movies as they are. But this is one. Again, this is a series where I feel like if I was in charge, I would have done a couple things different. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I. Just, I am not as harsh on this movie as Kayla is, uh, but you know that's just the difference between us as people. Uh, I I still enjoy the movie. It's just some things about it really pissed me off. And uh, you you are correct in saying that the movie ends after she shoots Coin. There's nothing after that. As a matter of fact, I don't know what we've been right. talking Here, about. On this I think the last one should have ended with the wedding, and this one should have ended with the assassination. Mm. Okay, but Ethan, play that out in your mind. If this movie ends after the assassination, and we cut off the wedding and put it in the other film. You have a three-hour film and a one-hour film. No, 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 no. You just move things around. They do it in movies all the time. You just move things around. <laughs> Don't worry you, about it, dude. Because it doesn't Bormir matter. Boromir dies in part two. There's a right. lot of things that happen in, like, there's a lot of things that happen in the middle of this book that yeah. happened at the begin- end of the last movie, the beginning of this one. And where Finnick and Annie's wedding happens does not matter to those things. That's fair. Like, the problem with Finnick's wedding there's, is There's that so many things where they, they leave the safety of 13 and they come back to the safety of 13. There's so many times that happens that you could put that wedding anywhere in between those. I think my issue with Phoenix Wedding is it's got the like Philip Seymour Hoffman problem where they had to get this person to play Phoenix fiance, Johanna or Annie, Annie or whatever Annie. her name was. Joanna's somebody else. She's the the, You're right. uh, the She's hair. The bald one. Yeah, the yeah. lack of hair. Yeah. She's the cool one. She's the cool one that takes all her clothes off for Peter and Katniss the one that's in the elevator. Naked all the time. Yep. <laughs> Joanna oh, Mason. That? Go Johanna. Anyway. Um I feel like it's the Philip Seymour Hoffman problem where it's like, well, we can't just get some like cheap actor to be in this small part, but they did. And yeah. I don't know who she <laughs> yeah, was. And he is all. nobody and she's not around very much or very long. Right. Yeah, they really just kind of uh, glazed over that in the movies. They were just like, this is Annie. They're gonna get married now. <laughs> we yeah. love her. It was we a cute scene stand. that I'm pretty sure they just borrowed that set for one of the um, Divergent movies, but that's fine. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> I, I genuinely, I think when I watched like a scene from Divergent one time, I was like, oh, this is The Hunger Games. This because is the it just it is The Hunger Games, except with... Um... Except in Chicago. <laughs> what in, what is her name? Tris? Shailene Woodley. Shailene Woodley. Yeah. That's it. Yes. Yeah. Secret Life of the American Teenager. Come on. Know your She's stuff. Hazel Grace Lancaster, Tyler. Catch it's up. True. No. It's true. It's no, true. She, she got pregnant at like 15 because she had sex with the drummer. I remember this. <laughs> and she Secret had Life cancer. The American <laughs> and she had cancer. Augustus Waters died eight days whoa, later. Whoa, 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 whoa. We can't talk about <laughs> Augustus Waters right now. <laughs> oh, you're right. <laughs> We're here I can talk, talk about the about. fictional one. Oh, man. I'm just I'm looking up what uh, her name is Steph Dawson by the way S T E F that played mm. Annie Annie whatever you know Steph Dawson is probably working her butt off right now she's Australian these, um, yes of course she is 
I love how they give them... Uh, one of the things I absolutely adore about the Hunger Games is how all of these random teenagers are wildly skilled with, like, random <laughs> historical combat weapons. Yeah. Of, like... I get, like, Katniss Everdeen, they explain, they're like, oh, she's hunting, she's, like, naturally gifted hunter, and her dad taught her how to shoot a bow and arrow. Awesome. I'm with it. Finnick O'Dare uses a trident. Give that like, man a trident. <laughs> <laughs> because Finnick is so cool. Like, their explanation was, like, you know, he's from the place where they do fishing, but it's like, d- do you actually fish with tridents, like, large scale? In, so, in, right. so Finnick's like, from District 4, right? So he's not yeah. a career. See, what I would is love he? is if he used a fishing pole to fight. Now, I feel like that, that would, would be, be so very good. compelling. Like a fly fishing pole, and yes. it, like, he like, like, uses it as, like, a flay? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Much more interesting. That you yeah. make it. No, it would have been way less interesting. Okay, can we way talk about this real quick? <laughs> hey, Finnick O'Dare did not deserve to die like that. No. Oh, I thought it was great. He got he, eaten by the, by like, I am legend zombies. Katniss! No, Katniss! There was, and then she throws the bomb down, and it blows him up. I thought there was this great scene in there where Katniss gets thrown across the room, and she, like, breaks her back against the bridge, and then she just, like, gets up. And then up she's and, fine. You know, keeps fighting. <laughs> right, she's fine. No oh, bruises, nothing. I thought you were going to say and that, that she gets up and Finnick. has to, like, hide in a prison in Romania and climb out the walls while everybody sings. That's Stranger Things. That's the You're Dark Knight Rises, is what I'm talking about. I was going to say, I don't think that's Stranger Things. That's the industry, I mean, not Romania, but Russia. The American. Oh, so I'm good. So I love Stranger, Stranger Things. Things. Stranger Things is the greatest hey, TV Hey, listeners, show of all we're time. spoiling everything for don't you. Don't worry about all it, dude. Spoiled. Have you... you been looking for a new fandom since we canceled Potter? We've spoiled We've it. We've ruined all of them. <laughs> Congratulations. Triss dies. No Hopper fandom dies, for maybe. you. Uh, Hazel Grace Lancaster dies. loses her boyfriend. No, she doesn't Does die. She You're right. You're right. No, died Gus eight dies. Days later. Gus dies. She survives. I'm sure she dies you know at what? some point. You know what? I'll go ahead and ruin Potter. Voldemort dies. Dies. What? Harry dies a little bit. Dies a little bit. Just one seventh. Oh, wait. Does one seventh of him die or does six sevenths of him die? One half of him dies. Yeah, I guess yeah. one half makes more sense. My brain just exploded. One half yeah. of Harry and one seventh of Voldemort died at the same time. Right. If the train leaves the station, what time does it get there? <laughs> Never. It never shows up. If the train we leaves the station, up. what time does J.K. Rowling stop being transphobic on Twitter? Now, here's a question. <laughs> <laughs> I found these things the other day that are like these crazy canvases that um, show movies. Like It's just like a, a color block from left to right for like every scene mm-hmm. in the movie. And I was literally like looking at one of them. I was like, man, if this is what Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban looks like, I don't even want to know how dark the canvas for just black. Seven part two is, and I looked at it, and there's just it's it's all like black and navy blue, and then a big white block in for, the middle for when, like, toward yeah. the end. And I was like, oh, I forgot about the train station scene. And I was like looking at it, like visualizing this, and I was like, mm-hmm. actually, this might not be as stupid as I gave it credit for. This is kind of a cool thing that I just looked at. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, there's a train station scene. I know what happens there. Yeah. Albus Dumbledore. Do we know Albus what happens there, though? That is by far. When I was reading that in the book, I was like, you lost me here, Joanne. I don't know what you're talking <laughs> it's just about. just like a weird Voldemort fetus chilling. Yeah, just like under a bench. Under just a bench. Hanging. No reason. There's nothing there but the bench in Voldemort. <laughs> so. And then Harry just like walks away, just like gets on a train. Or you know, he doesn't get he, on the train. If he gets on the train, he'd die, right? That was the choice. Yeah. I don't know. We're not here to talk about Potter. He just like walks away. I don't remember. Yeah, he has to, he has to s- walk away. What a silly second guess. Hey, I know you just agreed to get killed, but what if I asked you again? 
Just checking. Well, they had to just, have the thing where Dumbledore finally told him something. Have you changed Ugh. your mind? <laughs> yeah. Hey, welcome Wait. to the train station. Have you changed your mind? Also, I'm gay, I guess. I don't know. Hello, Harry. <laughs> it turns out death is pretty rad compared to gestures wildly. <laughs> Are you sure you don't want to come join your old pal, Albus? Look at the speeches on the ground. They let you be gay. <laughs> Yeah. Harry, you can admit that you've never had feelings for anyone, even though you were forced to in book six. <laughs> Why are writers so bad at, like, like fantasy writers especially, so bad at making people fall in love, especially like teenagers? I feel like it's always because so Because they feel like so they much, need to. Yeah, like there's so much that's like going on plot-wise, and they're like, oh wait, also, I must have some characters kiss right. on at the end of this. Yeah, Katniss well, okay. for real being in love with Peta does absolutely nothing for this story. Maybe not for our rational 20-something-year-old minds. Oh my god, that's... who Dear 40-year-old Tyler listening back. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was I was dumb then. I'm still dumb now. Uh, but I feel like, like hormonal 16-year-old is searching for characters to fall in love more than anything. They right, make it realistic. There are plenty realistic. of those. Go read Twilight. They do. How do you compete with Twilight and Potter? Well, let's have some kids kill each other. Never once. So I was the right. Romance. I was the right age for Potter, right? And never once was I like, man. I feel validated in in, in the love that I feel in the world by Harry and Jenny right now. <laughs> hey, stop! I love Harry and Jenny. Stop! But this is like, uh, this is what I'm like. Getting back, I guess, to our broad theme of asexuality and aromanticism is like. The fact that so many authors feel the need, or movie writers, to be like, okay, action, 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 one love scene to, like, tie everyone in to get the hormonal teenagers. But then it just, like, makes every teenager feel like they need to have, like, some relationship or high school, or that they need to be attracted to anyone at all. Like, it's this, like, this heteronormative thing that people are putting on teenagers of, like, you can't even read a single book or watch some dumb action movie without just, like, being bombarded by this, like, shittily written romance story. Like, I just want to watch so, people shoot each other. I don't know, man. <laughs> right, so especially like my, if it's a movie about a woman is the problem. True. Yeah. yeah. My wife is, like, a hopeless romantic. My wife is, like, the straightest person I've ever met. But she's also only interested in me. But, like... <laughs> That's what you think. <laughs> That's... <laughs> oh, No! That was a little I'm too done. aggressive for a person I met today. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> They're going to kick us off, We're not talking about your own sexuality. Have you ever questioned your wife's sexuality out from under her? I, I genuinely have Bring her not. on the pod. I, Let's do <laughs> We have our own pod about our own relationship. It's super heterosexual. Love uh, it. Well, could you could use some work. Uh, but my wife is like... Just such a hopeless romantic. She loves, like, chick flicks and things like that. She's also not, like, just engaged with film and art and cinema and, like, the way that I am. And, like, she's she's much more interested in just, like, I want to watch a couple get together and then fight. And then, oh, wow, they're together again. Like, that's that's her whole thing. And when she started playing D&D with me, immediately she was like, I want my character... I was dungeon mastering. And she was like, I want my character to end up in some sort of, like, love story. And, like, from my perspective, I was like, you can do that? <laughs> In in fantasy games, I don't. I'm not interested in that at all. I want the diplomacy. I want the spell casting. I want the battles. I want the. Give me a sword. 
See, the that's the other thing part was of role like, play. <laughs> I'm a huge hopeless romantic too, I feel like, which is kind of weird, I guess, with thinking about my sexuality. And like, I listen to a lot of D&D podcasts, like Taz, Do I Love, Loop, and Barry, obviously. Like, yes. I'm it, much more interested in Loop and Taco's relationship than Loop and Barry. I mean, that is also uh, very I, compelling. I like the Loop and Barry relationship. I don't, I don't know. know like what's going it does on. it does give me feels. I think like I love a chick flick too. I love the romantic story. I think when it really bothers me though is when it's so out of place and I can tell that it's forced. Like I want to be able to make the active decision of like okay, I'm going to watch a movie with like a good romance in it today and feel those feels. And then but now I'm not going to and I don't want it to be like shoved on my face. I wouldn't say that Loop and Barry's relationship and Taz is a chick flick. Like, Loop is a trans woman and they're both ghosts. No, that one is not a chick flick. Okay, That's just cool. wholesome. I no, like, I meant I like know. chick flick movies. Yeah, I was like, I don't know if you can call that one heteronormative to be No, specific. that's very good and very all the feels. Yeah. I mean, like, traditional quote-unquote, like, chick flick rom-coms. Did someone say 10 but things I, I hate so about you because that movie slaps? <laughs> 10 Right, it, does it, it's, it's it's not like yeah. I'm, by no means, I'm pretending that it's never important and that they've never made a good movie about straight white people. Yeah. Like they have made plenty of good movies about straight white people to the point where like it's been done a little bit. Like it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be no movies, but it also doesn't have to be every movie. Yeah, that's yeah. my point. I don't want people to think that like oh this like asexual spectrum woman hates love and won't watch any movies. Like like I said, I love it. I just wish that like everyone felt like they didn't have to do it all of the damn time. Right. And 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 that's what I was saying is the love here doesn't do anything. Like it it I feel like it is a more powerful statement if she still cares for and tries to take care of and free Peter Malark if she yeah. is not actually in love with him. Yeah. And like it it makes more sense for the character, for the story, for her to go to the end and be like, "Yeah, no, I'm I still I still don't want to make out with you like and it just it just feels so forced for them to be like okay they're going to end up together when it doesn't add to the story and it's like you didn't have to do that like the story could have still been good without having to include that aspect of it well and this is such a credit to jennifer lawrence's acting because we know from our experience of watching jennifer lawrence in movies like silver linings playbook that she can play like a genuine romantic who falls in love with somebody and it makes sense. Although, like, Bradley Cooper is so much older than Josh Hutcherson <laughs> in my brain that, like, the fact that they're going after the same girl is just... That is um, weird. Now that you say it like uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, like, credit to Jennifer Lawrence's acting ability, when she has to kiss Gail and Peta in this film, oh. in both instances, I was like, yeah, that just doesn't fit her character at all. I, like... In neither of these instances, because they make a comment about it. Gail says something like... It's like kissing a drunk person. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, she's supposed to mean it when she kisses Peta after the, the trap stops but, attacking them. But she and literally only just kisses like, him just to make him come back to himself. Like, it's for a purpose, essentially. Right. It, to me, watching that, you know that <laughs> instrument from Sleigh Ride? Yes. Do you, I know you know the, the one, one that's like... The two wooden... Clap. The, yes. It was like... <laughs> yes. I was in that band. That is what watching I know them her. kiss is like. No, it was, I remember watching that kiss where she's like, oh, Pete, I'm going to snap you out of this. And in my mind, I was like, I feel like this was meant to be a very passionate kiss with meaning, but watching it, this is just a bad kiss. Like, they're not good at kissing each other. It's just bad. <laughs> no, they're not. No, and, and an that's the thing is like. kiss. You can cl tell that Jennifer Lawrence is so checked out of the like romantic part of this movie. Especially with Gale, that kiss they share in the in the in the aircraft is so it awful. Was, it was like she was kissing like 
a lamp. Like, yeah. there was well, I mean, he there. Liam Hemsworth is the human equivalent of a lamp. Let's be real here. Wow, he's almost off. A very an extremely handsome. I was gonna man. say he's a, a very good, good looking. He's lamp. a he's a decent looking lamp. Okay, that dude. Is, I'm sorry. I don't get it. I'm yes, I'm a straight man. Okay, but I look at I look at his brother and I get it. Okay. Actually, I would I would prefer the third Hemsworth brother, the one from Westworld. Tell you the truth, um, I don't I know. Bet Liam that makes Hemsworth him feel so really good. The, the third weird brother looking. to know that, yeah. that well, someone prefers him. I definitely I mean, think Chris Hemsworth is better think, looking, but also Chris Hemsworth is not my favorite Chris either. Like I don't think he's the best looking. But Chris, Chris. Hemsworth oh, is an excellent. He is top Chris for sure. No, 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 no. Top yeah. Chris, I don't. I shouldn't have to run this down here. You're, but you're team Pine, right, Kayla? I'm Team Chris Pine all of the way. Oh, it is. God. It's Hemsworth, <laughs> Evans. No, no sorry. Hemsworth is an even more handsome guy that looks like Chris Pine. Hemsworth, no, wrong. Pratt, Evans, Pine, Evans with the beard. No. My Evans with the beard below regular Evans. Below everybody. <laughs> That's astounding. Chris, Chris, Chris Evans is the only Chris. man in the world who looks better without a beard. I just disagree. My my ordering of them always changes, but the only thing that stays the same is that Pratt is last. <laughs> Chris Pratt, sorry. And no, it is it is it is uh, Thor Ragnarok Hemsworth above all Chris's. Oh yeah, <gasps> Thor Chris Ragnarok Pine Hemsworth Star is Trek? peak Are you human. F- kidding me, dude? He's so attractive. <laughs> Listen, I haven't seen those movies it. in so long to tell you the truth, and he's not really in anything else. <laughs> Who is That's this? That's fair, but Chris all Pine? you need is Star Trek. What good films? As as far as I'm aware, Kayla, you're the only person here who's actually attracted to men, so uh, you need to... You're our token attracted to men person, so we need to... You gotta give your reasoning here. <laughs> I, don't, uh, I think that actually is like a reason why she does not need to give reason. I think we all bow down to her I will. Yeah, I feel like I'm just objectively alone. right. Like, I win, I think. Right. <laughs> Here's like, the thing is though I did it. Are are we all just not blessed to live in this world where we can argue about who the hottest Chris is? That's so That's true. That's so true. That's so true. You know what sucks is growing up the hottest dude in our friend group was also named Chris. Is I don't he know the if I had a hottest now? dude in my friend group. I Man, didn't like, have here's any the thing friends though. that were guys. Is he the hottest now? I don't know. I got like bulk not bulk I'm not like strong, but I like put on pounds like a human and he's still a toothpick. I don't know, but he's really tan. He's got really thick hair and a good beard. Sarah, who do you think our hottest guy friend is? And then Ethan is so hot. <laughs> I have the good beard. <laughs> Out of the three of us. I would say I would say honestly, we are at best time in history for all three of our beards. Quarantine, man. It's done it. Quarantine has, has done us a favor. Unless you're yeah. my boyfriend. The quarantine who keeps only did me a favor about a week beard. ago. It was it was brutally long for a while. It was awful. Yeah. Well, I look better with the long beard than you do with the mustache. Let's be real Ooh, here. Get him. I would go back to mustache. Oh god. I would do it. Kayla, to answer your earlier question. I want to support question, you and love you, but <laughs> I can't. Kayla, to answer your earlier question about which of our male friends is the hottest, I have no idea. I do not look at our friends that way. <laughs> That's fair. You're super arrow ace. I forgot. Yeah. Forgot that is such a cool term, thing. by the way. You're the first person I've ever actually heard like say that out loud. That is such a cool term. Can we also it's just great. like... For Katniss, saying Katniss is arrow ace is perfect. Like she's arrow, arrow. Like, but, like she's an arrow ace, arrow ace. Because she's ace of arrows. And arrows. Like, how can anyone argue with us that she's arrow ace when it's like that? <laughs> okay, Facts. so so let's. I want to I want to zoom out and look at this film again. Yes, we just zoomed in a lot on the uh, romantic parts of this film, and we we all seem to agree not good. 
<laughs> not good. Zero out of ten. Zooming back out and zooming in as like a dystopian fantasy novel about the power of revolution and the steps that it takes to create a revolution, how do we feel? I think the one flaw I found is that you don't see any of the like quote unquote peacemaking. Like they just jump from the bomb going off to Katniss waking up and they're like, we got him. Like we got snow. Now this is like I was just very confused by that because it takes place from third person limited and they didn't actually do much to overthrow the power structure and they are lying to her about it. That's fair because President Coin and President Snow are wait for it the same person. There are two sides of the same coin. Oh shit! I was gonna say that. (laughs) That scene though, that scene with the assassination is one of my favorite scenes in modern movies. It's for sure. The speech that Coin makes, the like, you know, the the person that brought this revolution to the forefront of our minds will now end it here with the same arrow, Katniss Everdeen, the Mockingjay. May your shot be as true as your heart. And I'm sitting here she like, says it. oh man, all right, let's go, because I know she's about to die. It's like better watching <laughs> it the second time. And it's so good because she even says like, the may your shot be as true as your heart in the same sort of like tone as like, may the odds be ever in your favor. Yeah, the exact way that Evie Trinket says it. Yeah. 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 Oh man. I, I think as as a dystopian film, it, it, it does its job. <laughs> it do be like it that. It do you be know? like that. Yeah. It do be dystopian. And it, and it is the blueprint for so many of these. Again, like yeah. like you have the Divergent books, which are just very heavy handed ripoffs. <laughs> which is fine. I said it last week on the show. It's it's the Hunger Games plus the Giver equals bad. Um <laughs> T. I haven't actually read the books. I people like the books, I think, and then it's it's. I feel like it's they're the worst offender for like the book to movie gap because yeah. I see people that are like, oh man, I read the books, they're really good. And they watch the movies, like, what the hell is this garbage? The the I'm books like, are the okay. books are pretty good. The thing that bothered me most was that as soon as I started the third book, I knew Tris was gonna die because uh, all of a sudden it's two different points of view, and it's like, mm. well, that's weird. It's been in first person this whole time. Mm-hmm. Why is that? I was like, yeah. I bet she's gonna die. <laughs> You're too smart. That's Sarah, how we knew Bran was going to be the king. Dude, f- that. Am I right? Okay. If you read the books, they're like 50% Bran. Okay. Yeah, they're but in the, in the show, though, they left him out for a whole season. Like, hello? Nah. I don't. Yeah. Well, I mean, nah. they, they literally. I, I've not read the books or seen the show. I've just. I've read I've the books seen, and seen the show. I've seen every so. episode of the show except for the last one because I simply refuse. <laughs> It's not. I, I know what I happens, but I will not watch it. I didn't personally hate the ending that much. Um, I mean, the last season was pretty garbage. It just went in a crazy direction. The two people that were making it, who had been very good showrunners the entire time, decided to phone the last season in because they wanted to get it over with to go make Star Wars. And then they got fired from their Star Wars project because they phoned the last season of Game of Thrones in. So all's well that ends well. I, eventually, I'm sure we'll get a reboot. People are so upset about it. It's. People, I mean, it was people bad. Be pissed. I also watched it like during quarantine, which is like not the best time to watch Game of Thrones because it's like already depressing. So I don't think that helped much. That's, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't my best choice, um, but... You know. I liked the books. The books well, are wild, though. We've like, just spoiled the, another uh, another oh, franchise. Another, for I'm gonna have to put one. a thing at the beginning that like I'm gonna borrow Scott Nice Wander's <laughs> thing from his Thor video that just like this video is a spoiler for pretty much every movie Chris Hemsworth has ever been in. <laughs> 
Okay, real quick, just as a, we're going to bust in here for a second, we have a big shout-out, a super shout-out to read here. Super shout-out. Shout we got a super shout-out to read this week. Tyler, take it away, my dude. This shout-out comes from Jonah Magnus, and it is to Maria Velis, and it says, congrats on graduating. I could not be more proud of you. I look forward to seeing how you impact your community in the future. I love you and miss you. And Maria, we also... Love you and miss you. And congratulations. 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 So proud of you, Maria. This is awesome. Hope that you listen to this episode. We will, yeah. Hope you listen to this episode about um, Mockingjay Part 2. I hope you've seen The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2. And we didn't ruin every piece of fandom for you. Yeah. Anyway, you can go to, if you want a super shout out for somebody special in your life or for yourself or for your dog, who is somebody special in your life or for anybody, you can go to business or your business. You can go to WBNE.org right now and head over to the tab that says super shout outs. And you can pick from any of the WBNE shows and get yourself a super shout out right now. Yeah. You guys are so great. I love you. I love you too. I've been Ethan Edgehill, your best friend. I've been Tyler Carlin, your best friend. We've been bacon and eggs. Back to the episode. This is a spoiler for just anything you ever cared about. Sorry. You want to like rip off the Star Wars endings and whatever else? Yeah. Yeah, no, I think I like I like the Hunger Games series generally. Um, I just I just hate the epilogue so much. It's a perfectly serviceable okay, but, but movie. I feel like we could all say that about a lot of epilogues. <laughs> Name a good epilogue. Uh, not the one on Potter. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's no. exactly what I was hoping 19 for. 19 years say. later. No thank you. And books are better without epilogues. This, it's, it's, it, an imperial affliction ends in the middle of a sentence. Because the little girl dies. Because the little girl, she either died or she got too sick to keep writing, and she wasn't real, and that's important. I thought Margot Roth Spiegelman wasn't real, as long as we're spoiling things. She is real. She <laughs> did real. go to New York. That's not a spoiler. That's a, a lie. <laughs> She's real. She exists. That yeah, would have been a wild no... twist for Favorite Towns if they but were like, But do the towns Quentin. exist? There the never worst. was a Margot. Margot is a figment of your imagination. Margot herself a, is a, a paper town. <laughs> she's a paper town for a paper girl. And whatever they said. I don't know. I haven't read that book in a long time. The movie. That was a movie, man. That was a movie that pissed me off. Uh, okay. Uh, you have to play player two to beat a Sarah Uh what? what else? You have to be player two to beat a Sarah. Or no, you have to be player one to beat a Sarah. Oh, you're just going for spoilers? Is. Yeah. I thought you were going for epilogues. Uh, I was like... <laughs> Ooh, is there an epilogue so... there? I think there is. I think there is. Lots of books of that particular genre have epilogues. I have it on series. my bookshelf. I could check right now. <laughs> Ready Player One? Yeah, I need to know about the epilogue. Do it, coward. I just... Actually, wait. There's nothing on my like bookshelf but cameras. Authors are just so, like, they feel the need to control their stories so much that they don't want people to imagine what happens after. They, like, feel the need to be like, no, I have to tell you. Like, you're not allowed to imagine it right. yourself. That's the whole plot of The Fault in Our Stars is stop asking John Green what happens after the end of books. That's it doesn't true. matter whether no, or not fair. it does not matter whether or not Hazel Grace Lancaster lives. The person who died was who was going to die already died. That Gee. is the thing I love about John's like John Green's philosophy about that is like that's the thing that I get so mad about with like J.K. Rowling is that that she keeps like backtracking and being like oh yeah no Dumbledore was gay oh no I never wanted Hermione and Ron to be together oopsie right. like I just can't Hermione's black that. the whole time
Like Hermione and Ron did make sense though. Yeah, that Hermione one, and Ron forever. Cool. That one made like, so much yeah. sense. Yeah, that was Sorry. the only cool yeah. thing where the two the two side characters got to like fall in love over the fact that Harry was a <laughs> bag the whole time. No, it makes total <laughs> they're like, sense. They're like, actually, while you were being mean to us, we kind of fell in love. <laughs> Fuck you, goodbye. <laughs> oh, I, no, I just But I then also, yeah, it, it, her just constantly meddling forever in her own books. It's like you you hit print, okay? You said this is done. Me and my editor say this is good. It does not belong to you anymore. Stop it. It's not it. yours anymore, yeah. Well, that's what, when authors get super mad about, like, fan fiction and fandoms and, like, headcanons and shipping, I don't understand why you get so mad about that. Like, right. you don't own it anymore. Like, you decide, if you wanted to keep it so bad, you never should have published it. You have to understand that when something right. goes out, it's out. I think I, I think there is something to be said for, I, I don't understand how you could possibly imagine Draco Malfoy and Hermione getting together. Like, if you Tea. read those books... <laughs> If you read those books, there is no reason at all why those two would end up together, other than like trauma-related abuse relationship. Oh, oh yeah, no. I I have never understood the Dramione folks. Doesn't doesn't. I feel compute. like if I was J.K. Rowling, like, I would be like, okay, maybe I didn't explain this correctly. <laughs> Uh, Draco Malfoy used racial slurs against Hermione Granger for seven years. Correct. And yeah. she punched him. I think that's just a very right. basic. He used racial slurs. She punched. What's more to Over. tell? <laughs> Goodbye. I, I also, right. uh, you also, know, I do. He bullies Neville. He bullies Harry. He, yeah. Like, yeah. He's a bad person. Although I would rather, I would rather fall on the side of the uh, Draco Malfoy was treated unfairly side than the Severus Snape was treated unfairly side. Don't even Sever get Snape Kayla is a started. Terrible start person. <gasps> we could do a whole podcast series about how much I hate Snape. We could. I could <laughs> go you. on for twelve thousand years. Thank you. I hate that man. Here's here's the thing that. Uh, Snape defenders don't bring up enough, and I think this is the point that that's the nail in the coffin for me. Snape bullies Petunia, which is Harry's downfall. Maybe not downfall, but Harry's ten-year abuse. Mm. Is if Snape never bullies Petunia, then she doesn't think magic is so bad, and Harry gets out. Yeah, she tore that family apart. I mean, he tore that family apart when they were children. He also also did the racial slurs to Lily, and also when Lily died, like stepped over the dead body of James ignored the baby crying in the corner just sobbed holding lily right. like get shut right. the, shut shut stop <laughs> yeah so i would yeah, rather you, i would yeah. rather listen to the like people that are like okay draco malfoy learned i'd rather listen to that crowd than the snape was never a bad guy crowd because yeah. draco snape malfoy also like grew up in an abusive family that like yeah. he was also brainwashed like snape was not brainwashed he had a chance to get out and he just simply did not he was like, I'm in love with you, but I'm still going to use a racial slur against you. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm still going to have me. a hand in you all dying. Yeah. Ooh, hate that guy. And she really thought she was out here doing a fa- doing the world a favor by saying that Dumbledore was gay. Let's not yeah. let's not forget that. that. Like, that was a plot. No, she was like, I'm going to look really good and also like throw a bone to the gays. And it's like they didn't want it. They actually right. were good. It's the same with, out same here. with Hermione being black and the cursed child. Yeah, no. She's like, Hermione was black all the time if you just read it. Well, she's just like, trying to make herself look then, better. Then, then maybe no, you no, should no, have I actually You, you just forgot to write any black people in your book. <laughs> it's wild. Yeah. You would have had an issue with Emma Watson's casting if Hermione was black. Yeah. <laughs> like, you could have put it explicitly in there, and you, and you sure didn't, so. Right. <laughs> yeah, you did about, I'm pretty sure they did about Dean Thomas. Yeah. Didn't they, the original actress that played lavender brown in the first couple movies was black was and then black. as soon as she became uh-huh. a main character it was like goodbye yep 
<laughs> yes, that is true. It's the same with that random kid in Trelawney's class in movie three that's like, it's an omen, an omen of death. <laughs> yes. It's like trying to catch smoke. Trying to trying catch, to catch smoke, smoke with your bare death. hands. And then who is it? They replace either Crab or Goyle because the kid <laughs> got like arrested. The, the and they're kid like, got arrested yeah. and was in prison. in there. It's fine. Yeah. That yeah. doesn't fix it, please. <laughs> I mean, if you're if you're a screenwriter, Steve Clovis, and you are tasked to like distill 900 pages into a two hour movie that is appropriate for PG-13 people, I get like I'm not necessarily defending the Potter movies, but I get there being some issues. But like J.K. Rowling, you had all the time in the world to like include black people and gay people and you just didn't. And, yeah. and whatever. It was the 90s. You can you know, nobody is nobody's attacking you for it is the thing is nobody was li- sitting there like. In, in 2008 or whenever she was like, actually, Dumbledore's gay. Nobody was like, hey, there's no gay people in Harry Potter. She's just like, I'm going to actually, guys, hey, as long as nobody's listening, I'm going to say this. It's like J.K. Rowling's whole steez the entire time has been saying things that people didn't ask. Answering well, the, questions nobody asked. That was the thing like a couple weeks ago where she was like, hey, I know Literally. we're all focused on the virus and also we're focused um, on the, the virus and black pride people. But and, by the way, I'm transphobic. Hey, I yeah. pay attention to me. I'm transphobic. Hello. Yeah. Hey, I, you might not have heard me loud enough. I, J.K. Rowling, am super transphobic. Right. Here is like, a long essay about people it. People are actively out here trying to defend her and trying to ignore her because they do not want their thing taken away from them, the thing that has grow, they've grown up with that like taught them love at a young age. And they're sitting here like with their, their fingers in their ears like, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. And she's like ripping their hands out of their ears and going, actually, f- trans people, right? No, me and Sarah both love Harry Potter. We are both on the Quidditch team in college. And right now it's just like, please, J.K. Rowling, let me keep my childhood. the fuck up. Can I just, hold on. Can I just for, just for one second, if I could just have the floor. You guys are nerds. Yeah, that checks out. Yeah. (laughs) No, that's true. No, that's true. So here we are. Yeah, absolutely just garbage sauce. It doesn't, it's, there's no reason. There's no reason for her to keep talking about anything. You Stop. And, and, and like Pottermore's cute, whatever. I get it. And if you want to use Pottermore to like give cool history updates about like teachers and stuff, it's one thing. Stop trying to use Pottermore to rewrite the things that you wish you'd written 15 yeah. years ago. Tell people that kids shat in a corner. Like that's also. <laughs> yeah. What is that? Not what anyone asked for. Yeah. No, I want to know. I like. I thought. Okay, here's here's good. Good world building. Really like earth shattering part of Potter lore. More lore. Lore more lore. Potter Voldemort. Lore. Voldemort. <laughs> Vold Moldevort. Uh, there are Hogwarts houses, or not Hogwarts houses. There are like there's a wizarding school in America, and there's these four houses, and this is what they mean. The houses she came up with were garbage, <laughs> but I like that she did that. That was like a fun thing. Right. Yeah. What things, are you? I'm a I'm a puckwudgie. Oh man. Things I want to know about, like. Minerva McGonagall's history. Uh, I want to know, you know, what life is like for teachers at Hogwarts. Where do they live? Where do they stay? Are any of them married? Do their spouses live at Hogwarts with them? Question mark. Are How they do they all get in, in a gay relationship with each other? <laughs> Question mark. Right. Is like, is just there just like Hogwarts teacher orgies? Like, what is going on here? <laughs> Because it's wild that, like, nobody can get in or out of Hogwarts ever, but also you have so many old white teachers, some of them are going to be married or interested in in relationships. It's not like you just happen to find, you know... They they happened to find 12 asexual old white men, (laughs) and they became the teachers. 
Way more than 12. Hogwarts is like a three to one teacher student yeah, ratio. That's, that's I swear fair. to God. What's weird is I Let's never thought about that with the professors that some of them might be married or want to have relationships. And maybe that's just Snape the asexual did. spectrum person in me, but literally never crossed my mind. It's just, it's not even that they, it, that it necessarily makes, I just, I'm, I'm more interested in the like, the logistics of, yeah. of how people mm-hmm. exist at Hogwarts. Like how much that sucks to be a teacher there. And I guess this is the truth for any like private school like boarding school like do they live in hogsmeade like what is going on here that's what i want to know not whether or not you know dumbledore was gay i just want to know like cute things use pottermore for cute things like fun facts not yeah redefining facts fun facts like you you make pottermore cute fun with yeah Like, you wrote this in the 90s, and you weren't inclusive of certain things because you were a white person in the 90s. Just say that that's what happened and be like, right. sorry, if, I, like, the things I do in the future, I will make sure to pay attention to these things more. Tell me about Hogsmeade. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. It is, nobody is, is dragging, nobody was dragging her for any of it. It's like, they, on some level, yeah, it sucks when, when things keep getting made, and if they made the Harry Potter movies today, and they still just continue to, to go by the original definitions of the cast or whatever, like, that's a whole different conversation. When you're talking about a book that was written in 1997, like, we get it, dude. It's, it's not okay, but it's okay. Like, it's fine. It's not Let's move not forward. Let's stop you're doing, just you're living doing more harm by You're doing more harm by creating these these this tokenism within it, and, and that's the, the problem. And obviously now there are bigger problems because she couldn't keep her mouth shut. Oh, if only she could have learned <laughs> to shut that damn mouth. <laughs> anyway, we're she talking not about learn. Hunger Games. <laughs> Suzanne Collins has done such a fantastic job of keeping her mouth shut. As far so as I know, I've, I've never, never heard, heard a from word her from her. Ever. <laughs> ever. What is she doing? She wrote a new book like Suzanne, by surprise. <laughs> I feel like Suzanne Collins has an unverified Twitter account. She's I think just, she like, does. I, I, she like, she Beyonce'd her last book. <laughs> she was like, because they announced it. They announced it last like September as the untitled Pan Am novel, right? Um, cause it was while Tyler was on paternity leave. Ha Yeah. And it was, it was like last, Baby. yeah, last August or September, they were like untitled Pan Am novel. And then in February or March or whatever, they're like, oh, it's out actually. And I was like, it's here. That's not how books work. <laughs> if it's untitled in, in October, then it's not written. <laughs> this is a she franchise book. Or you're just really bad at titling, which well, I from can what relate. I've heard, from what I've heard about it, it, it really seems like she did to write it in like four months. Like somebody was like, hey, you're going to lose the copyright on this if you don't write another book. And she was like, well, fine. Snow sucked. He was a bad person <laughs> and wore flowers and poisoned people. He and likes go. flowers. Now get, get a hot blonde teen to play him. What is Tom Felton doing? <laughs> Tom Felton's like 35. Whatever. I don't know how old Snow is supposed to be in the Ballad of Songbird of Snakes. They never cast actual teenagers as teenagers anyway. Make... Timothy Chalamet, blonde, please. Thank you. Hair dye check. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just just dye Josh Hutcherson's hair again and just make him play snow. No one will notice. No, absolutely not. <laughs> I think they will, guys. I He's just, got like a very distinctive face. He's got the world's biggest jaw. He's got a very square, squarular Plus, face. Ethan hates him. But also kind of like a marshmallow and kind of soft. I, I like him. Like I said, I expect. liked Jay Hutch better in this movie than any of the other um, 
Hunger Games novels or books. Movies. Movies is the word I'm looking for. The ones that move. Bunch of frames put on a strip move fast. Sound set to them. Yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> You're lucky. <laughs> in this okay, day and age, this... moving pictures with sound. <laughs> we won't be able to afford that for another 40 years. It's the 20s, right? We got yeah, some talkies going here. <laughs> the golden age of Hollywood cinema. Round two. It is 2020. We're back to silent movies about racism. We could do some of those stunts again. Get Buster Keaton back out here. Buster Keaton is super dead. Well, yeah, but I mean, like his ghost could probably do some stunts, though. Bring Buster Keaton back as a ghost to make more silent movies. Silent movies be way easier if you were a ghost. You could just let the train run through you. Simple. Done. That's so true. No danger. Plus, if no one's talking, then you can't spread any disease because everyone's mouth shut. So right. Well, no, they still because in the silent movies they just like I I I read um I don't it wasn't Buster Keaton it was somebody's biography maybe it was Charlie Chaplin talking about like what it's actually like to act in a silent movie and like they never gave them a script or whatever like they didn't have to read the script they just were like you're upset in this scene and then they would make mouth mo- movements because oh you couldn't hear it dialogue didn't matter they're gonna insert the dialogue in the title cards just CGI yeah. the mouth over so they're just sitting there like <laughs> yeah in in 1919 they're gonna CGI the no mouth I mean for over. the new silent movie Sarah keep up I mean for this silent movie yeah that everybody we're wears a green screen Everybody wears this green screen face mask. Yes. Perfect. Oh, now Just we're put, on to put something. The dots and we, on and their we, face. yeah, we Photoshop mustaches on like reverse Superman. See, in that way, Greta Gerwig could play Spider Man because we could just put a green screen on her face and then put Tom Holland's face on Greta Gerwig's face. Oh, I feel like that defeats the purpose of having Greta Gerwig play Spider Man. Yeah, just have Greta Gerwig be Spider Man. I was trying to work now, on would a you want, thing. I want I want Greta Gerwig to be Peter Parker, like, and it never to be addressed in the film. Like she just <laughs> so is. when when it's Peter Parker, it's Greta Gerwig, and then somebody when, else plays Spider Man. No, 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 no. She also plays Spider Man, but like she's not Gwen Stacy. She like is Peter Parker. Yeah. You know, see, I like the idea of two completely separate actors, one of them being Peter Parker and one of them, and being, one of them Spider-Man, being Spider-Man. Because, get, like, like it's, the voice it's like doesn't Greta change, and the mask Dwayne the Rock Johnson. so much. Well, what happens when it's, yeah. like, when, like, Peter Parker, like, takes the mask off, but he's still wearing the rest of the costume? Like, would you just morph their faces together? Like, what are no, you... No, Tom be, Holland this is body, an important Greta Gerwig face. <laughs> This is an important question. I would say in Spider-Man lore, Peter Parker is only Spider-Man when the mask is on. I think the okay. mask is extremely important. Okay. So when the mask comes off, he is revealing, I am Peter Parker, and now it's Greta Gerwig. Yeah, the mask only comes off in cutaway takes, because, like, obviously, like I said, the Peter or Spider-Man's played by Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Um, I was thinking Drake Bell. Who, who is way, way, <laughs> way larger than... Uh, Greta Gerwig and so the the mask is only taken off by cutaway takes and then when it comes back it's Greta Gerwig standing there with the mask yeah like without the mask on perfect but like obviously it is obviously it because to make this cool it has to be a a recognizable actor by like voice and stature inside the Spider-Man suit right because that's the only way you're going to sell the joke so you have to have somebody that like inside the suit you're like oh I recognize that person even with the suit on and then it's always but you never see him because it's just Greta Gerwig who I wouldn't probably recognize in a lineup of one <laughs> oh god I don't think I know what she, Greta Gerwig she looks, looks like. like Greta Gerwig looks like she would star in a Greta Gerwig film that, that's yeah. a very accurate analysis oh I'm absolutely sure. yeah 100% yeah yeah <gasps> hangs out with Sarah Sharon in, in, in her free time I mean I think she does probably. I mean wouldn't we all if we had that kind of connect <laughs> let's circle back to how we'd all die for Sarah Sharon and <laughs> she's not even that's the back. thing is she's not even my favorite part of Little Women no what's, what's your favorite the, part uh, of Little Women, women? 
Not Emma Watson and not the one that dies. The no, other Florence one. Pugh. Yeah. Yeah. Florence, Florence Pugh. Yeah. Florence Pugh sounds fair. Yeah. 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 Amy is such a mood at all times. No, she's yeah. very good. You make a good point. That movie was so good. I, I cannot like, because I, I didn't, I, I was not a fan of the, of the Dunst um, the last like good one that came out, I, it, it was it was all right. Um, it's just kind of long and, and arduous, and I, so I was not super super stoked to see the the Greta Gerwig version. And then um, we ended up covering it for the show, and I was delighted. I loved that movie, so I'm very glad that it came out. And I cannot, I, I have not watched it again since then. I keep forgetting that it's like out because time hasn't passed. It's February. Yeah, it wasn't out do. when quarantine started, and therefore it's still not out in my brain. You watch it again, and then you listen to our episode about it. And then you I'm listen to, to your yeah. episode about it. And I need then to show it to my girlfriend, because she was out of town when it happened, when I saw it. And she has not gotten to see it yet. Just keep watching it movie. and listening in a circle. I cried for half the movie. Oh, I cried a lot, yeah. <laughs> I sobbed. I didn't. You know, I just... I, like. Yeah, Tyler oh, cries like, in every movie except Little Women. I, uh, I mean, I cried a Subaru commercial, but Little Women, I was like, I mean, love. These these women be tiny. That's okay, really fine. Sick. I think she's gonna die. <laughs> I mean, I didn't care at all when Beth died, even a little bit. Was I supposed to? Oh damn! Yeah, you were definitely supposed to. That's why Joey puts the book in the freezer in Friends. Why? Because Beth dies and it makes him sad. <laughs> oh yeah, I just it didn't hit. I don't know. He put so he put the um he was putting the Shining in the freezer when it scared him because if it's in the freezer it can't scare him right. And so then he he walks into the room into where Rachel's sitting when she makes him read Little Women and he just comes in like I think Beth's gonna die. She's really sick. And, and Jennifer Anderson's like, do you want to put the book in the freezer, sweetie? He's like, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I cried when we recorded our episode about Little Women. That checks out. <laughs> but I cried everything. So. It's such a good movie. It is better than The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2. Yeah, I didn't cry. Oh, I cry yeah. at like every movie and I did not cry at Can we uh, just, um, I'm sorry. I still Can do. we just... <laughs> So this is the thing. So they split the Hobbit movie or the Hobbit book into three movies, right? And they gave them all discrete names. I think we should start doing that with part twos. Yeah. Well, originally, um, Endgame was supposed to be Infinity War Part Two, and then they were like, "Fuck it." Yeah, because Infin- Infinity War Part Two is such a stupid name. Like, you get this is my thing is you get so many. I have this problem with bands a lot, where they will they will take an album and be like, "Oh, we're we're gonna call this album the name of the band." And it's like you get so few opportunities to name things that people are gonna like pay attention to. Yeah. Like, stop not using your opportunities to name things. I'm really bad at naming things, but you you, you gotta just get some people, get some heads in a room. Say instead of mocking Jay Part Two, we're gonna call it Mocking Coin, Mocking Snow, Snowing Jay. Yeah, the rise something. of Pan Am. Something, yeah. Untitled fourth movie. There we go. <laughs> even yeah. if it's like, even if it's like The Hunger Games colon The End. Yeah. Like whatever. End it game. Hunger Games End game. It doesn't matter. Like yeah, End End game is a good one, but like De- Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part One, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part Two is it's bad. It just doesn't. It's so many like you got to get around so many in a- barriers in that title well and it links them in a certain way that i don't think they need to be linked i feel like correct i feel like avengers endgame i can watch without watching infinity war yeah because i know what happens in infinity war uh i know why everybody's dead uh oh there's another one sorry if you were thinking <laughs> about switching to <laughs> we've done it <laughs> uh anakin has kids they are luke and leia this is surprising to luke and leia uh, it's not surprising to anyone else. <laughs> uh, well, we know that he has kids. Depends They're on which order you watch third film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if you were like, I'm going to go chron- or not chronological, I'm going to go ep- episodic, then yeah. uh, that will come as a shock to Luke. It will. Um, <laughs> yeah, you will know that before Luke does. 
Yeah. See, that's a good uh, point, though, because if you're going to make, like, two movies out of one book, and then you name them the same thing, it's like, what's the part, what's the point of breaking them into two if you're still going to Oh, because nobody will, see, nobody will see a movie um, that's five hours long. Well, they yeah, I know, it. but it's still, I feel like it somewhat defeats the purpose. Yeah, I agree. But at some point, people stop watching five-hour-long movies. Like, an intermission became unacceptable. That's fair. Two-hour-long movies need an intermission. I gotta pee. <laughs> The only movie I've ever seen in theaters that had an intermission, I think, was Gods and Generals, and it was five hours long, or four, four and a half hours Ooh. long. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's like a Civil War uh, type movie. I think it had Russell Crowe in it. Although of that may be uh, Master and Commander, The Far Side of the World, um, which is, like, again, a movie that didn't need a subtitle, but that's a whole different topic. Sometimes you just got to add one for fun, you know? Sometimes you just don't, though, because that immediately <laughs> makes me think there's one I've missed. The turtles are back in time. <laughs> But like Master Commander, the far side of the world, Master Commander colon, the far side of the world makes me think it is the second movie in the Master and Commander series. Yeah, and I have fair. missed. Yeah. I have missed Master and Commander one. You, you've missed Master and Commander side. on the near side of the world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On my side of the mountain. But see, then it's still a subtitle. <laughs> but the Hunger Games colon Mockingjay PT period two is a bad name. That's bad. Yeah, that's that's a working title that you put on. Yeah, Snapbox. no, because I'm sure that the working title was was something like Phoenix Fire or some crap like that. That's how working <laughs> I mean, it's titles better work. Better than what Elon Musk named names. his kid, but like, oh, but is it is it better? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't name my kid Hunger Games Mockingjay Part Two. <laughs> colon period so i don't know why is no, there but a like, colon if, but if it was period? if it was if it was the Sarah, hunger games stop. don't expose me if it was the hunger games it's a, colon it's an anatomy thing x a e a 12 whatever it is that would be a better name than hunger games mocking j part it two. still wouldn't be pronounceable though at least hunger games mocking j part two is pronounceable it's kyle yeah, at least right? i could like call my kid to dinner <laughs> his name is kyle i, don't know if it, I think they call him, I, I like, think that was x. Yeah, well, I, I think, think they, I think like they were forced by the government of California theory. to change his name. Well, they had to change it because they couldn't do like the the diphthong thing, where it's like two letters that are smashed together. Yeah, yeah, it's got to come from the twenty six characters of the American alphabet. Man, their lives are so hard. <laughs> Which I maintain is not a very California thing of California to it's do. It's really not. If if anywhere in the war, in the continental United States, I thought you would get away with that. It was like Vermont and then California. Yeah, yeah. This is fair. Tyler, are you good over there? Yeah, I have this knife. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a knife. <laughs> I keep finding these knives around my house. I have no idea where they came from. I'm not a weapons person. Yeah, what I was saying uh, before your audio work, Sarah, is that you have like two swords, so it's okay. You're not. Well, scared. technically, I only have one sword now. Sarah's like the oh, Kevin God. Gates of swords. She's like technically I have one sword. The other one is a katana. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, Actually, we did the other one in our college our house. house. In our college house, we had the sword of Gryffindor in our college house living room and then brad used it to kill a watermelon and then it got moldy not moldy it got rusty because he didn't clean yeah. it right and bent and bent disaster the, uh, hold on hold on hold on is your roommate griffin mcelroy no <laughs> unfortunately not <laughs> but i did listen to that part of that episode where he was, I was talking just about listening to that episode fruit, of, and I was like, of, of bim bam where he talks about rusting his buster sword no. with the with the watermelon <laughs> When I listened to that episode, I feel like I just listened to it recently. I was like, Brad? It's a pretty recent episode. It's like the last couple weeks. <laughs> no, yeah. I remember hearing yeah. that and being like, I've lived this. I was there for this. <laughs> yeah. So the uh, the sort of Gryffindor we have at the Super Carlin Brothers office is broken because we tried to saber a bottle of champagne with it. Oh, and it no. broke. I think we've successfully sabered a bottle of champagne with that sword. Have we? 
ours is just maybe the superior sort of Gryffindor. I don't know. Well, I mean, it's it's mostly still put together. It's just the gem in the hilt mm. at the very bottom is loose. Said, said but Sarah, I saw it yesterday morning. The good sword you have a sting, though, isn't it, Sarah? Yeah, I have sting. Well, I oh, I, I would say I would love to have a sting. I would say that we would send you a sword, Sarah. But legitimately, the bacon and eggs sword buying budget for the year has already been used. Oh no, it happens to the best of us. It's and you know, I already. We, have a sword, so I can protect we myself. Already sent a sword to a different. We sent the master sword to a different podcast. Yeah, we sent a master sword for, to a different podcaster. <laughs> Incredible! Is that real? It is dead real. Yeah. yeah. Sarah, it's, we it's need apparently to step up sharp our game. Too. We need to be sending people swords. Well, <laughs> well I mean, okay, she's so a she's a podcast on our network. Gift. Yeah. And it was her birthday. And so we were like, what does Mary Clay want for her birthday? The Master Sword. She's doing, her podcast is about Lord of the Rings, but we bought her the Master Sword because she really likes Zelda. Sometimes so. you have to. Yeah. Which, by the way, both of you should contact her real quick and go on uh, That's What I'm Talking About before she runs out of book. At least the, which yeah. one, ever one of you is interested in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> T. Okay. That's What I'm we'll Talking About is a great is a great title. Yes. It is. Isn't it? Yes. Better than Mockingjay Part 2. It is yes. better than Mockingjay Part 2. Better than The Hunger anyway. Games, colon, Mockingjay Part 2. Period. See, The Hunger Disney. Games is such a good name. Yeah. Like, I get it. Yeah. I'm okay with The Hunger Games, colon, something. Okay, I, You mean I'm cool to tell that. me that in, like, 2009, if I came up to you and I was like, hey, man, what do you think of The Hunger Games? Before you'd ever heard of this series of the book, you would have been like, okay, he's referring to, like, class warfare, the elite are making the poor kill each other for fun. Probably, yeah. That's a very, like, Aldous Huxley sort of, like, big capital B F fiction sort of name. I might have thought of, there's this uh, game show from the 80s called Supermarket Sweep, where people just, like, run through this fake supermarket and shop as fast as they can. And I feel like The Hunger Games could have been an alternate title for well, that. Well, it is, it is better. Well, so The Hunger Games is literally, if you're going that thing with it, it's Guy's Grocery Games on the Food Network. That's fair. Where they have to go through the grocery store and then cook with the stuff they find in this fake grocery store. See, and what if they switch titles? What if the Hunger Games was called Guy's Grocery Games and then Guy's, Guy's Grocery, grocery Games, Games and then was called Hunger Games? Hold on, does this mean President Snow is, is Guy Fieri? Oh, I feel like, yeah. didn't we already know that? Sorry, did you just find that out? <laughs> I'm so Flame sorry, Town I to tell you at the beginning of the podcast. I'm so We're sorry. creating a mandatory evacuation spoiler. for all the first five blocks of the city. All citizens of Flavortown need to come to the Fieri Mansion right now. Did you see how they're trying to rename Columbus Flavortown? Yes. I love that. I'm in. I'm in. I support I will that. sign the petition. <laughs> I will read the book. I will write the essay. I'm in. You know, I'm going to come I'm going to come back to the thing that we said uh, 11 minutes and 24 seconds in the recording of this podcast and say F Ohio. <laughs> exactly. Yes. But if they rename Columbus to Flavortown, I will give them a small pass. And that's saying a lot. Uh, Are you kidding me? I will, like, which college is in Columbus? Ohio State. Ohio State. I will buy the Ohio State State University Tyler, Tyler, be very careful with the end of this sentence. You are talking to two University of Michigan graduates. Be very careful with the end of that sentence. (laughs) Did you know that my brother-in-law is, like, the world's biggest Michigan fan? It's the wildest thing. As he should be. I mean, maybe if they've won some freaking games, very stressful Saturdays. I would love love for us to win some games. (laughs) That is, this is true. We're very bad. Tell me about it. At the football. <laughs> yeah, the you really thought that hiring Jim Harbaugh from the 49ers thing was really going to work out, and it just uh, didn't. Hasn't. It just didn't. Coach Gackies. I did have a class with his son, though. We're Facebook That's friends. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I've seen his son around. I know people that know him. Man, D1 he- college must have been wild. <laughs> 
What a time. I never ran into the Obama, though, who went to U of M last year. She started She started this year. Oh, yeah. Sasha? But Sasha was, is a freshman this year. Yeah, Sasha started last year, and I never none of my Screw friends that, that were still in school ran into her. Are you kidding me right now? If you are a college professor, are you going to give Sasha Obama anything other than whatever grade she wants? Not because of, like, oh, we're just going to give it to her because she's Obama, but, like, I get it, right? She writes a bad paper. You want to fail her. Can you? <laughs> no, the Secret Service would get you. Exactly. They would, like, get you. Those guys have been watching her grow up, and they now, will fight you. <laughs> I see you failed my daughter. <laughs> like it's me, Barack. Barack Obama calls you up and is like, I see you failed my daughter on her history paper. Did you know I was the president of the United States for eight years? Do you know your history? Barack Obama, owner of the khakiest suit that's ever been khakied. (laughs) The most regrettable khaki suit. (sighs) You remember when that was the worst thing a president could do? Me too. No. Do you remember, like, Bill Clinton was truthfully impeached for some extramarital activity? Yeah. We elected Donald Trump. (laughs) He knew full well what he'd done. Well, I mean, Bill Clinton wasn't impeached for extramarital activity. He was in, impeached for, for like, lying. yeah, the sexual abuse of his uh, aide, his, his staffer. Thank God that doesn't happen anymore. Am I right? Right? Yeah. <laughs> we just nipped that one right in the bud. Mm-hmm. Never happened. Taken care of. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you hear, you guys? Know? Barack Obama killed sexual abuse and racism when he became president. Gone. That's how Gone. the history books will write it. No, because Obama didn't take over Clinton. Bush took over Clinton. Yeah, that's that was it. Yeah, that's the one they'll give him credit to. That's how the books will write it. <sighs> you know, I love George. He's such a little sweetheart. Have you seen the meme that's going around? The the like, just it's a, a single paragraph from a history book, just with the the frowny face emojis in it. It's like slavery was bad, and then Abe Lincoln canceled it. and then everything was better and then everything was better until racism happened again and malcolm x was too mean but martin luther king went on a long walk and the last racist ever killed him the last one and then it was over forever then it was over when that person went to jail racism was over congrats guys we did it over Hmm. wouldn't it be nice No, it'd be nice if we never had the slavery thing in the first place. I mean, place. correct. That yeah, but like, nice. I will take, I will take option four hundred and ninety-seven at this point. <laughs> Anything other than how it is now. Yeah. What uh, about like, uh, like Hunger Games? Other than how it is now. I mean, we're getting close. I mean, Sarah is the that's thing. True. Is, Are we, that though, might be got, this reality. <laughs> no, we've got a long way to go before Hunger Games. I think currently we'd be eating the rich. I what think do you that's think? The side of the Hunger Games. What world. do you think the world, the rest of the world, was doing while Pan Am was doing the Hunger Games? Great question. That's what I want to know. <laughs> like, I want to know about Panamore. Like, instead of Pottermore, I want a website that tells me what they thought about in Europe. I like to think that. Have y'all read The Handmaid's Tale? I have not. No. I like to think that The Handmaid's Tale is just, like, Hunger Games, like, what happened in the other parts of the world. Mm, Interesting. I feel like the other parts of the world were probably, like, super fine and completely normal and, like, just America exploded. And everyone was like, well... So that's how it is in The Handmaid's Tale for the most part, is, like, they just let America go completely bonkers and then Europe was like... Like, I get it. Like, I would, too. Who's gonna stop us? Who could stop us? Like, I... If I was Europe, I would just stop talking to us and let us go crazy. If you were all of Europe, the sentient being of Europe... I would simply be Europe. (laughs) Handmaid's Tale by far is the is the most interesting piece of dystopian fiction to me though because it takes place. I still need to read it. it you really do. It's very good. Um, it takes place from the perspective of a woman who 
has lived on both sides of the dystopia. Mm. Like she remembers it before it happened. And so that is a very interesting perspective that you do not get all that often. Like Katniss Everdeen, it competes in the 74th Hunger Games. Right. And then the quarter quell. Right. And it's like on one hand, everybody's like, oh man, it's only been 75 years. I'm like, yeah, but she wasn't alive 75 years ago. Neither was her mother. Yeah. 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 It is a very interesting perspective to be like in the aftermath of what caused you know, this, like, mass destruction and right. what caused all, the dystopia. All pieces of dystopian fiction take, for the most part, take place way beyond, to the point where there is no living memory, right? And that's yeah. what's interesting about The Handmaid's Tale is there is, it happened, not within living memory, but it happened to the people that it's about. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like everything is like, it's either the apocalypse happens and that's the plot, or the plot is that the apocalypse did happen, like, 150 years ago. Right. Yeah. Right. Whereas in the Handmaid's Tale, it's like the apocalypse happened 15 years ago, maybe. Yeah. 10, something like that. Yeah. I mean, I have to assume What's... that like this new Hunger Games book is what she was trying to do with that of like showing earlier. But it seems like it sounds like she didn't do a great job. Well, she didn't go far enough back, right? Because she went to, yeah. to President Snow's childhood. And what we That's really true. wanted was was Hunger Games numero uno, not number Thirty-seven or whatever. I, think it's I would be so interested in reading about the first ever Hunger Games, like how people received it, and like yeah, because well, like the game masters also wouldn't be you know like as good or as evil either. Like I'd be right, very right. interested in seeing what that looks like. And like the people in the capital are like so into it by the time we get to seventy-four, seventy-five. Like their brain because there's no living they, memory. They don't know anything else. Yeah, yeah. So like, what would the what would the capital people think if it were like this is the first Hunger Games? We're gonna to have these children kill each other on TV. Yeah, I feel like there'd be a lot more compelling conversations about like what the people in the Capitol think and like how they're responding to it and watching yeah, and, it. Yeah, and I will t- just tell you straight up that Suzanne Collins, while I love the Hunger Games books, Suzanne Collins is not a qualified enough writer to do that. No, I don't think she should do it. Like, I would like to see it, yeah, but like, I'm very wary of a- people... Doing she wrote a good story, but she is not a. That takes a lot of. Uh, that takes a really good writer to do something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's Some fair. Serious world building happening there. Yeah. Anyway, it's, it's time for us to wrap up. Time to wrap. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Uh, we need to put this on our big board of films. We watched a lot of really good movies this year, and this is not better than... This huh. isn't better than Mockingjay Part 1, honestly. Which is currently listed as Mockingjay Part 2, so... <laughs> well. I'll fix that. Uh, just stick is them, it better honestly, than... just stick them right together, tell you the truth. Okay, yeah. They I'll are do that. inseparable. More so than any of the other ones. These two are inseparable. This is because they weren't, you know, they weren't working with kids as much. These are clearly just they were filmed at the same time. Like not back to back, like at the same time. Yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman is alive in both of them. Right. It's like uh, Jane not Jane Seymour. What's her name? The place called Julianne Moore. Julianne Moore, yeah. <laughs> All I could think uh, of was Fonda. <laughs> Yeah, no, not Jane Fonda. Although Jane Fonda and and Jillian Moore are not the uh, farthest people away from each other. Um, I remember the first time I watched this movie, I think I thought that uh, Coin is played by Diane Keaton, but that's a different, entirely different subject. But yeah, the, I, I think that she was on set for like a minimum amount of the whole thing, and they did all of her scenes like together. So that's the life, man. For both movies. Um. Anyway, yeah. So just sticking right together. What else do we do here? Uh, we have big shout outs, but you said we were going to do those in post. Yes. Um, I don't have any little shout outs to go through right now. Um, I think that's everything. Did you guys have fun? Was this a good experience? This is very fun. had a great chaotic time. I'm not sure if we said anything, but you know what? (laughs) We talked. (laughs) I think we said a lot. I feel like, I feel like No, but I also, I feel you though. Like that is, that's (laughs) the way I feel with every episode. It's like, I just talked for an hour and 45 minutes. Did I say anything? 
Remains <laughs> to be seen. But then, but then our Discord server does a very good job of telling us what we did and did not say. Mm. <laughs> That's always good. To keep you honest. Yeah. Yeah. People will come to us and be like, you said this thing in this episode. And I'm like, I'm, yeah, I bet you're right. I bet you're more right than I am about it. They have favorite w- jokes and they know what episodes they're from. That always blows my mind. Someone recently started an out of context Twitter for our podcast. And actually today yes. when we're recording this, they tweeted a quote from us about Katniss being Arrow Ace. And they did not know we were coming on today to talk about no it. Way. And we were like, there's, the coincidence is insane. There's nothing I <laughs> I want more than somebody to start an out of context bacon and eggs Twitter. It's Dude, joyous. having an out of context Twitter is like making it in my eyes. I know. Like we could That's end right is- now and it's over. Right. Someone I'm gonna go from post- the, I'm gonna go retweet that tweet from <laughs> Someone uh, from the Bacon and Eggs Twitter and just side eye it. Just side eye, yeah. No, someone uh, recently posted an out of context quote from our podcast uh, that was from that week's podcast, and we like were like, "What is days this from?" Before. And they were like, "You said this three days ago," and we were oh, like, "Constantly, oh. yeah, 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 yeah." I will not remember what we said tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? Actually, the quote too was about me talking about Hunger Games, thinking how they could just crawl out the hole at the top of the dome. It was. We were talking about Hunger Games. We've done a lot of Hunger Games. Oh, talk you did the. Exactly the same know. thing I said I was going to. I was literally going to go find and do the eye emojis, and y'all did that. I'm going to I'm gonna hit the retweet button, retweet the comment, and also do three eye emojis. So embarrassing, dude. Excellent. <gasps> Most excellent. Oh, man. Uh, what a good, good Ted. time. Uh, Bill and Ted do save the world. Spoiled. Done. Um, what? Stop spoiling I guess they pass their history final is, is what they do. <laughs> Uh, I think that's everything. Uh, they win. They, well, they don't win the dance competition in Silver Linus Playbook, but like they they get the score. They, they do what they gotta to do. Get. They also don't yeah. win the dance competition or the in Little Miss Sunshine. It's not a dance competition, but uh, the the thing, the pageant. There we go. The pageant. Yeah, we're like getting some pageant, Little Miss right? Sunshine yeah. spoilers. Hit me with a hot 500 Days of Summer spoiler, real quick, somebody. Let's <laughs> uh, uh, just get just the whole. Love it is a is the bad guy straight up. <laughs> Uh, is an abusive boyfriend and Summer told him from the beginning that they weren't anything real. Yeah. Uh, Spoilers that the 2006 film Stick It is the best film ever made. Sarah did almost want us to do Stick It for this. <laughs> I said that as a joke. But you but would I knew do it. it. You're but I knew it would make you it. angry. Yes. Kayla refuses to watch Stick It with stick me. It. <laughs> what is Stick It? It's it's a gymnastics movie with... Uh, I knew it! With uh, What's-His-Face, that guy. It's um, Sebastian Stan, right? No. You're thinking of Itania. Oh. No, I'm not. <laughs> okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. <laughs> Charlie from Perks of Being a Wallflower was abused by his aunt. Let's get some. I'm trying to run yeah. the whole gamut of spoilers here. Ruin something for everyone. Sorry, Jeff Bridges in Stick It. That's who I was trying to think of. <laughs> Jeff Bridges uh, was in a gymnastics movie. What? Yeah. I gotta watch this now. It's, I love it's Jeff not Bridges. like an objectively good movie, but I love it so much. Have Sarah back. She can do Stick It, but don't invite me back. I don't want to be here for Stick It. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this is so good. This is so much fun. What are you looking up, Tyler? Trying to figure out what this freaking thing was Just Sebastian up, Stan it. was in. Oh, gymnastics movie with Sebastian Stan. Was you he may have invented it, 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 it? It, was, it is called The Bronze. Oh. The Bronze. Okay. The Bronze. Although I, Tanya is amazing. I love I, Tanya. Yeah. Big fan. Big, big fan. Haven't seen it. It's really good. Sebastian Stan. Uh, it's about Tanya Harding. I know it's about Tanya Harding. I know what it's about. I kn- I know who Tanya Harding is. <laughs> it it makes a defense for Tanya Harding so, though. It it really pushes that she's innocent, and I don't know that I believe that. But so Ethan, Tanya Harding was a figure skater. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And she bro- and she broke the competition's leg. Yeah. 
I'm not sure if you knew but, this. We're telling you now. What is her name? Nancy Kerrigan? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. I remember when B.O.B. When when B. said on that one song in 2012, like, gonna hit her with that pipe. Call that Nancy Kerrigan. <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, Except LeBron's got a 36% on Rotten Tomatoes. somebody pipe, which is not uh, hitting somebody in the knees with, their, with a pipe. No, it's about, I think, sex. Yeah, it's about sexual relations. We're back to right, the, right over the theme of Pride Month. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, when I heard that B.O.B. song, it, it went over, over my head, head actually, too, because I was, I don't know, 19. <laughs> I, don't, I think that was the, the, the moment that it invented the term pipe for me. <laughs> uh, okay, so we need to wrap this episode of this yeah, podcast. we do. Uh, we've ranked the movie... How do people find you all on the internet? What is your preferred way for people to find you? Either home address, business address, personal cell. Uh, Social security. No, yeah, can I get your fax yeah. number, please? Mother's maiden name. <laughs> name of your first pet. <laughs> your first car, the street you grew up on. Uh, yeah, we can be found on basically every social media at Sounds Fake Pod. Um, we're most active on Twitter. Uh, hit us up, come party. Uh, Kayla, do you have anything to add? <laughs> yeah, uh, we also have a fun Discord where people hang out. Uh, so if you like bacon and eggs Discord, maybe you'll like our Discord. Also, like, maybe. you don't have to be asexual to listen to our podcast. Our podcast is all, all a wild time. It's all over the place. Join us. It's actually, I don't know if actually I, I don't know if you all know this. Uh, I went to listen to it and it it kicked me right out. Yeah, it was wild. Um, you get a little pop up that says you are straight. You can't listen. Oh. Don't come to the party. Yeah, it's wild that you've got party. the podcast apps to know that. It's no, you have to type in the password that they only give to queer people. So like, yes. If you have the password, you're in. But like, if not, sorry, I don't know. Yeah, you have to know the secrets. We don't. We don't have the password. Not yet. Yeah, I don't have it. (laughs) I'm working on it. (laughs) Don't have the password. Not invited to the cookout. (laughs) I feel like that good cookout doesn't have a password. That's like makes it a good cookout. Yeah, it's it's a term, Tyler. That people know. know Okay. I was gonna say, I'd people like, understand what that meant. Oh, I I understand. Okay. but I also yeah. Do you like the baby Yoda mute on my guitar? It's a sock. Oh, that's stunning. <laughs> I'd been wondering what that was. I couldn't really see sock. it clearly. It looked like a buff for a minute, like the ones that I Peter Tran and Josh Conway used to wear. Yeah, I have this problem where I keep buying socks that are too small. <laughs> I don't know why I keep doing. Well, eventually, shrink your, baby. shrink your feet. Oh uh, yeah, eventually your daughter will grow into them. Eventually, like in, maybe. What maybe. if she has small feet? I have. Just, I mean, I have reasonably sized feet. Just give them. They can be like. I don't think she's going to have small feet. You have like pretty normal sized feet. Both of you yeah. went logical, and like give them to your baby. And I was like, shrink your feet. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Obviously. Give them to Chris Millahan. He has tiny baby feet. Yeah. They call me baby Where's socks. Where's like a size eight and a half. I keep <laughs> buying small socks. I did it in the airport. I was at an airport and they had like bacon and egg socks and I wasn't wearing socks. And I was like, man, this is dumb of me. My feet swell on planes. So I bought the bacon and egg socks at the airport gift shop, and they were they said like size seven to eleven, and I was like, oh, I wear a ten, so this would be perfect. It was like a toddler's seven to eleven, <laughs> seven to eleven, which was <laughs> which was ideal because I was getting on an airplane and I needed compression socks. Boom. Is this is what anyway. happens when you become twenty seven. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, I don't wear you socks when I'm twenty seven. Sales job. That's what you do when you're twenty seven. Ooh, uh, fancy. I'm anti-socks. I, I, one yeah. one last piece of hot spicy tea for this podcast. Anti-socks. I cause Get same. We are the no. same. No. <laughs> Michigan. Uh-uh. No. Sarah, no. 
Sarah, dress can you give warmly. them one more spicy take about your childhood uh, situation with I tights, though, socks. real quick, right before uh, we go? <laughs> sure. A fun fact about me is that when I was a child, I uh, would refuse to wear socks because I hated them. Uh, but when I was in kindergarten, my mom was like, you have to wear something under your shoes. So I was like, solution, I'm going to wear tights under my pants for the entirety of kindergarten. And I did. I would have failed at that because I pooped my pants more than once <laughs> in kindergarten. Well, then you just would have pooped your tights. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's an extra that layer wasn't of protection. <laughs> right. right. My mom needed to bring tights and pants <laughs> and underpants. I'm trying to find a way to spin us out of this podcast episode <laughs> before we devolve even further. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, you're fine. This is great. This is gold. This is gold. But... I do have to edit this and upload it by midnight, so... I'm so sorry about that also. <laughs> oh, no, it's fine. It's, it's it, like I said, it is not the first time this has happened. And I've gotten a later start on it before as well. Actually, that was our, uh, no. It was Captain, I was gonna say that was a Little Women episode. It was Captain Marvel, actually. It was the same person that was on for those episodes. But then we had to do Captain Marvel on a Wednesday, and we finished at like 11 p.m. <laughs> Rip. Yeah. Anyway, um, cool. Well, y'all have any final thoughts real quick that aren't about tights or poop? <laughs> Uh, Katniss or is there away, so I'm, I'm going to stand by it. <laughs> I would agree. Fair. <laughs> Final thought. Final thought. Perfect. She's arrow ace, arrow ace. Yeah. F- perfect. Okay. Anyway, this has been another wonderful episode of Bacon and Eggs. Thank you to Kayla and Sarah for joining us. Uh, you can find us anywhere on the internet that at Bacon and Eggs Pod or in any podcast app at Bacon and Eggs, a movie lovers podcast. Um, yeah, I think that's really it. Our graphics are by Vaishon Brandon and our music is by Andrew Scott Bell. You can find them and everybody else that worked on this episode in the description. Um, I've been Ethan Enchil, he's been Tyler Carlin, and they have been Kayla and Sarah. And until next time, Arrivederci. Arrow Ace.